Welcome back to Worship Weekly. Just a reminder, you can find us on our webpage at worshipweekly.buzzsprout.com. We're on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play Music, and we're easy to find on Facebook. This week's sermon is The Man in the Tombs. We'll start reading with Mark chapter 5 and verse 1. But first, the Scotland Evangelical Presbyterian Church Choir with I've Got a Mansion.
I have a message for you. To ban any tools that I want to preach for you this morning. Would you listen to me real closely? And we're going to read in the book of Mark, chapter 5. Start off in verse 1. And they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. And he was come up out of the ship. Immediately met him out of tombs, a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwellings among the tombs. And no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with feathers and chains, and the chains had been plucked as under by him, and the feathers broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him, and always night and day he was in the tombs and cried and cut himself with stones. And But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him, cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thy son of David, the most high God? I adjourn thee, my God, and thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion. For we are many. And if he sought him much, that he would not send him them way out of the country. Now that was there, nigh unto the mountains, a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter into them. And forward Jesus gave them rain, and unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. There were about 2,000 who were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled and told it to the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that was done. In verse 15, said, They come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil, and had a legion set and clothed them in his right mind, and they were afraid. And they that saw it told him how it befell to them that was possessed with the devil, and also concerned the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of their country. And when he was come up to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed with him, he might be with him. I bet Jesus suffered him not, but said unto him, Go home to thy friends, tell them how great things the Lord had done for thee, and had had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in the capitalist how great things Jesus had done for him. All men did marvel. What a picture of a demon-possessed man. What a sad picture of a man that was that is demon-possessed. Christ had just come to sea and made the fierce wind to sleep at his feet. At the other side of the lake, Jesus came face to face with a wild lunatic and muscular strength. Number one, he dwelt among the tombs in verse 3. 
what took him there. Unclean spirit will always choose an unclean place. The evil spirit within is his master. He is a helpless instrument to the hand of the devil. Matthew seven twenty says, By their fruits you shall know them. Wonders number two. The second thing, he wandered among the mountains. In verse five. The pass of the daily walk was a very unclean one. The way of transgressions are hard. These are the paths of beasts that attracted it. Pitfalls. Darkness within and darkness without. And no friendly hand or guidance started leading it. O Christless soul, this is you in Ephesians 2 12. Third thing could not be restrained. This was a strong fellow and they couldn't chain him. He had often been bound with the chains and feathers he had broken in pieces. Feathers were bands or chains or shackles jenny for the feet of the prisoner made of brass or iron. No man could tame him. Humanly speaking, his case is utterly hopeless. What a picture of a man possessed by drink or lust of uncleanness. The wicked, selfish, or unbelieving spirits of darkness must be cast out. Regeneration is the only remedy. In John chapter 3, verse 3. The fourth thing I want you to look at. He cried and cut himself with stones in verse 5. Crying and cutting himself. Himself describes the feelings and the action of many who are the servants of sin. Cutting themselves at night with sharp stones of lust and drunkenness and crying in the morning with the pain. Selfish, afflicted, misery, characters, the demon possessed. They serve a hard master to work out their own destruction. Now I've seen this in drunkenness. I know a man that had a part of his salvation. His preacher come and told me how he was watching me live after I got saved in the car business. When I had my car business in Tioga, and that man coming, I used to hunt with him, and he'd cuss, and lie, and cheat, steal, try to make me do it. And I told him I wouldn't want to give up my testimony. That cheat, I just don't want to do that. And uh, his daddy used to get drunk and run him through the house shooting the walls, trying to shoot him. And he used to, they used to fight like dogs. And he's got a brother the same way he died a couple of years ago. And I was in that man, most of the time I seen him, he was drunk. He beat up his wife. And his wife left him two or three times. And then she'd come back and live with him. She died recently. And we talked to her before she died, a month or two before she died. And she was living by herself. And she was glad to be saved because her husband was mean to her. She didn't come. I had a drunk come to the car lot one time at my mama's house, knocked on the door at my mama's house, 
and trying to break into the screen door. The door. My mother was inside. I went outside a minute, and I grabbed him by the seat of the breeches and by the back of the neck, and I throwed him out in the yard there and put my finger in his face. I said, if you ever come over here and try to harm my mother, I'll beat you half to death. And he was a friend of mine after that. He come back and apologized. He was an alcoholic. He sold his little girl for a bottle of whiskey to anybody would buy it. You could sleep with it. That's how I got about. I had another man in Tahoe that used to have a hearse. And he had a pretty nice little wife. And he'd go at the truck stop. Dodd's truck stop used to be in Tioga by my car lot. And he'd go there at nighttime when his truckers come in. And for so much money, he'd let the truckers sleep with his wife in the back of that hearse. And he'd drive them around. Then he'd come back, bring them back there. He used to whip his wife there. That was a sad, sad situation there. For people to do something like that. But I've seen it in my day and my time. The fifth thing I want you to look at was afraid of Jesus, verse 7. Those demons possessed by the unclean devil look upon the Holy Son of God as an enemy to their lives. The light is plain because of the corruption within. Sin takes such a grip of the spirit of man that it makes him even afraid of him who can be saved. He was afraid of Jesus. Unclean spirits don't like Jesus. And I was in Pierre Park when I fought some demons down there. I opened my Bible and started reading scripture, quoting scripture, and running them demons out of my trailer house that was coming in through the wall. You could hear them come in, walk up that trailer house in the middle of it, come up behind you, and the hair on the back of your head would raise. And that preacher that they run off that was sleeping with his two daughters, messing with his two teenage daughters. And got found out. He sent one to college, and the other one come out and told what was going on. She couldn't take him anymore by herself. And it was a sad situation that uh, that was there. And that uh, that girl there went to the world smoking, drinking, and about half naked, got caught in bed with a young man in the man's house when the man come back from church that night. On Thursday night, he picked him up the next morning and went and got a preacher. That's before I took to church and got him married. And she come over and asked me, Brother Jackson, why didn't God kill my daddy? what he was doing to us. And I said, the only explanation I can give you is this. Your daddy might not have been saved. God was giving him another chance. I don't know. I hadn't seen him since. But I felt sorry for the little girl. Real sorry. The sixth thing, prayed. He prayed for the devils. Verse 10. When the ungodly justified themselves, they are advocating the cause of Satan. If there is a separation of Entries now, there will be no separation of punishment. Hereafter, Matthew 25, 41. A man is justifying the devil when he seeks to be safe in his sins instead of from it. When he seeks peace without forgiveness, in Luke 6, 26. And read the first few verses of Scripture. I don't have the time to read all the Scriptures.
and I'm giving them to you while you can read it. Pray for, pray for the devil. I will tell you something. The devil is an archbishop, and he, he'll ruin your life if you let him. He'll, he'll steal your passion away if you're saved and you don't tell him. Defeat him. And the only way I know you can defeat him is by the word of God. I took that Bible when I run that devil out of my house, that trailer house, and run him out through the wall and lay the Bible open in every room in the house and took and bought some tapes in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and brought them and played 24-7 while my wife and I wouldn't have any trouble with Satan anymore. And uh, that's the way Satan was. The seventh thing, the seventh thing, sit at Jesus' feet. That's the demonic. Verse 15, he sat at Jesus' feet. I want you to look at something when he sat there. I want you to think about something. Because it was something that happens to every person that gets saved. He changes. What a change. Now, what a mercy that Jesus knows how utterly helpless a demon-possessed soul is. I was witness to preaching a revival in Tioga, in Ball, Louisiana, several years ago. And I went with a young preacher to his uncle's aunt's house, and I was talking to him about Jesus. I asked the old couple if they were saved, and that old man got offended with me there. And I had my little Bible in my hand. The preacher was sitting in a chair right beside me, the other side of me. The old man was sitting across the table in front of me, him and his wife. He jumped up and reached for my throat, and I cried out to Jesus and put that Bible in front of his face and quoted Scripture, and it froze him. Just like he hit a solid wall, he calmed down. He, you could tell he demon possessed. He calmed down for a second, and then he eased down and sat down. He didn't realize what he had done. He didn't realize he, he was lost, and the devil knew it, and he tried to block it. I don't know if the old man ever got saved or not, but uh, we, we had a word of prayer with him and his wife. When we left her, that young preacher said it scared me to death. I'd never seen my uncle do that before with anybody. Brother Jackson believed he was lost. He went down the road for about two miles from there and talked to a 16-year-old boy. The man was there. He was at his house. He went in there and talked to him. And we and I told him, I said, I'd like to lead you to Christ, young man. We knelt down to the couch, me and that preacher and that boy. And I didn't know it. But while I was praying, his aunt came in there behind me and stood up behind us. And I I went through the plan of salvation with that boy. And when I got to where now you need to ask God to forgive you your sins and ask him to come in your heart and save you. He jumped up screaming and hollering, pulling his hair. He said, leave me alone, leave me alone, leave me alone. And he ran out the back door. And he ran, we found out a little later, the next day, that he ran about a mile to another fellow's house, kicked his folks out, and, and went over there and spent a night with him there. He was demon possessed. We went to another man's house I went to school with, knocked on his door, he offered us head. We sat there at the bar for a few minutes talking to him. And we, I was telling him about Jesus, trying to lead him to Christ if he was saved. His wife was painting. She quit painting. She jumped up. She started screaming. She ran out of the house, run into the backyard, run outside in the back. And it 
shook that preacher up, didn't shake me up because I seen it before. And I, I talked to that man, and they said, I wonder what happened to my wife. And I said, well, I don't want to have to tell you, brother. I said, I doubt she's saved. She didn't want to hear about Jesus. And she was hollering, how are you, Jesus, 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 Jesus. She didn't want Jesus. I said, you need to get her to a good Bible-believing church. Come hear me preach, if you will. And I'm preaching at a three-day meeting for this preacher, Daddy. And I want you to know that uh, she could be saved. I'd love to talk to him. Never seen him since. Don't know what happened to him. He didn't come to the revival. But this man was sitting. That's what I want you to know. In verse 15, the poor devil driven man and found a new resting place at the feet of Jesus. No man could bind or tame him, but the grace of God was sufficient for him. He just calmed down like a little baby and he sat at the feet of Jesus. Secondly, he was clothed. Luke says he wore no clothes. In Luke 8, the servants of Satan are all mad men in the sight of God. A new robe is put upon him. The righteousness of God which is upon all who believed. I want you to know this, and you'll never get this case you get with Jesus. He was in his right mind. No one is in his right mind who has not the mind of Christ. You need Christ's mind. I want you to look at this man sitting at the feet of Jesus. Number one, he was sitting. And I tell you what, we Christians need to be sitting at the feet of Jesus. Number two, he was clothed. When we get saved, he clothed us with his righteousness. Number three, you're in your right mind, and you'll never be in the right mind until you have the mind of Christ. That's when you get saved. You got Jesus living in you. And the eighth thing, in closing, what I want to say to you, he witnessed for Jesus in verse 20. Witnessing bearing is a natural result of the joy of salvation. When you get saved, you're going to want to witness for Jesus. And that's the great thing of being saved. You won't tell somebody else. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, old things are passed away. Behold, old things become new. When you get saved, I get saved. You can't keep Jesus in, you got to tell somebody. Man, when I got saved, everybody cut my collar off. Before I swear the preacher shut it down. I talked to him about Jesus. Some of them were saved, some of them wasn't. But I always try to tell them about Jesus because that's what I I think they needed to hear about Jesus Christ. And I thank you for listening to me about the man in the tombs. And I hope you're not in that shape. If you're devil-possessed, you need to ask to fall on your knees and ask Jesus to forgive you your sins and ask him to come in your heart and save you. If you're not saved, if you're being possessed, if you're saved, and you're not serving the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to fall on your knees and ask him to forgive you your sins. Uh, about I followed him, and then you need to go and get into a Bible-believing church and join that church and serve the Lord Jesus Christ, be a witness. And I want you to know this, everything you do, every, everywhere you go, you let people know that you're a Christian. When you go out somewhere and you eat, 
by your head and ask you to thank, thank God for the food you got in front of you. And then when you're talking to somebody, respect them, that they'll respect you. And don't run around half naked. Put them clothes on. Whether you're at the house or outside or you're out in town, you need to wear the right kind of clothes. And God will bless you for it. And I want to thank you for listening to me. Now, the simple prayer is this. Father, forgive me of my sins. I'm asking you to come to my heart and save me. And if you'll pray that simple prayer, God will save you and you'll be changed. This is Reverend Danny Jackson from the First Faith Baptist Church in Rogan, Louisiana. Talking to the travelers on the radio. We'll let y'all know that you need to get saved if you're not saved. And if you are saved, you need to go to church. And if you don't go to church, you ought to be shaming yourself.